0: A little different. A little different again. Thank y'all for being here uh, as we we start today. So so let me let me go ahead and and, uh, and and I've I've retitled the next at least three weeks. It could be four. Okay. Um, and to, I've entitled it. We live in the 80s. Now, we're not going to go all the way back in the 80s, because some of us know that it wasn't perfect, okay? Some of us know about those 80s. Um, but we're we we uh, going to do a song from the 80s, and, and uh, so far, I think I've had three different genres, okay? So if we have a rap song, anybody has an idea, you know, let me know, all right, for a fourth one. But uh, Miss Jan's like, I don't know, bro. She's like, look, pray for me right now with Miss Jan, just playing Love You. Um, but... Uh, so today's, today's uh, particular song that we're going to focus on is, by, is, is a big hair band, Poison, called Something to Believe In, okay? So that's today's. Um, next week, it's going to be U2, one of the most popular uh, bands of all time, um, and uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, okay? And then week three, How About Some Country? How about some Randy Travis, okay? Uh, I'm gonna love you forever and ever, forever and ever. Amen. So that's the so that's where we're going. All right. So for those who are like, I don't know about today, Patrick, um, just we have those in coming, okay? Uh, so give me a little bit of grace today. Um, but but uh, how many of you guys uh, remember how we handled the Psalms? Anybody remember how when we went through the book of Psalms? It took us about a year. And when we looked at the Psalms, what we noticed is that how how open and honest the psalmists were. A lot of times it was David, okay? Uh, Sometimes it was somebody else. But there was a lot of crying out to God. Uh, Sometimes there's a lot of questioning. Um, You know, there was, uh, you know, why God? I don't understand. Why did this happen? Why do you bless them and not me? I I don't get it. You know, there's a lot of of openness there uh, in those songs. So I kind of want to treat these next couple weeks the same way. Because while these songs that I already said that we're going to do, they are not by any means even close to an inspired Word of God, okay? Um, I do think that there are some spiritual truths in those songs that we can pull out, okay? Uh, and, and then, um, you know, whether they're Christian songs or not, and they're not, okay? Uh, because they are the thoughts of people, uh, of broken people, just like us, uh, broken people in a broken world that we hope to come to Christ, Amen. And so uh, it makes it, to me, makes it worth it right there. Now, let me give you a little bit of background before before we get to the song. Uh, so today's song, Something to Believe In, by by uh, Poison, the song went to number four on the Billboard Hot 100. And it's a great example of how moving and poignant a song is can be the writer of the song is, and the lead singer of the band Poison is Brett Michaels. Now, uh, one day in late December of 1990, uh, Brett's friend so technically you know, not quite 80's, but we're going to make it uh, that, okay. Uh, Brett's friend and Poison's bodyguard, James Kimo Mano, uh, died all along in his Palm Springs hotel room. Um, when Brett got the call on Christmas Eve, which he says in his song, uh, he went into hysterics. He went, he, he went kind of crazy for a while, uh, and was really having a hard time. He locked himself in his room and he didn't come out of his room until this song was finished, was written and finished. Um, the, the video for this song is, is equally as powerful. I, I didn't want to play it. Okay. Uh, for, for, for some reasons there, um, but when Brett, in the video, if you ever watch it, um, when Brett saw the image of chemo on the screen, he lost his composure and had to leave the set for several hours before coming back to finish his part. Um, the producer didn't tell him he was going to do that, and it caught him off guard, and it, he, he just had to leave. Uh, the video ended up getting first place in MTV's World Series of Video People's Choice Awards. Um, and so here, uh, instead of showing you lyrics, um, I hope that you guys will will understand. I, I'd rather play it. I, I agree with what Sally said. Sometimes it's hard to relate to a relate if if I don't know what I'm relating to. And so um, the song it doesn't have anything, you know. Um, heretical in it, uh, uh, if I I say that word correctly, Um, but I just want to play it for you, all right, so you can kind of know where, with the song that we're doing today, and I'll probably do it the next two weeks as well, okay, and so... pretty much so that he'll keep repeating that but I hope that um I hope that y'all understand um I really struggle with even doing that um but I just wanted y'all Anyone familiar with that song you all right familiar with it um and, and I just felt like y'all kind of needed to hear it um you know um, and I don't know man this has been one of those weird ones where it's like God gave me the idea like two years ago um and and I just was like I don't know um but the thing is this is a song about loss right uh dealing with it and questioning god in the process so have have you ever asked why god is anyone here other than me see let's be open-minded to the pain of those involved And, and let's examine brett michael's reasons for losing faith uh and for and for wondering and for pleading for something to believe in because in his eyes all he sees is hopelessness right and so uh may we as christians uh be be challenged today because um, if we can be honest and say, you know, like my old preacher friend Bill Clayton used to say, "Amen or oh me, uh, maybe owe oh, me moment." Because um, I think we can say that uh, that a church hasn't always been a very welcoming place for outsiders. Okay, hasn't always been that way. Uh, you know, we we have a, a tendency, I think, to uh, to cast judgment rather than to extend mercy. Okay, um, and I'm not saying this church in particular. I'm just saying churches in general. And if a church can't be a place uh, where broken people go, where can they go? Amen. Scott, we we should be a place. It's just like the old uh, famous uh, saying, you know, that we're we're not a, a house of saints. We should be a hospital for sinners. Amen. Uh, a hospital because we're all broken people. And so, with that said, I do have a a central statement, and uh, this is not all the. Um, hopeless situations in our world. But we're going to look at some of the, at the four reasons where the writer has a lack of faith in God. Four reasons that he gives in this song. Uh, and I think also uh, are, are, there's truth there. Hi, hypocrisy, war, personal loss, and homelessness. So hypocrisy. Go ahead and go to that, Sally. We thank you for it. All right, go ahead and go to the first thing here. Here's the lyrics for that part. Okay? It says, well, I see him on the TV, preaching about the promised lands, he tells me to believe in Jesus but steals some money from my hands. Some say he was a good man. Lord, I think he sinned. Um, so, any idea who he might be referring to? Those of you who remember back in the eighties, anybody know what famous preacher got in trouble for taking millions of dollars from people? Jim, Jim Baker, Baker. All right, Jim Baker definitely one of them. Now, some say, all right, that a lot of people say that that that's who he's talking to. Now, I could I couldn't get you know hundred percent. You know, this is fact there, but it's very, very likely that that's who um, Michaels is referring to. Uh, uh, A very famous televangelist, for those who don't know, he was a very famous televangelist. So he's on TV, and he was arrested for stealing money from innocent people. He was indicted on federal charges of mail and wire fraud and of conspiring to defraud the public. Um, It was like $158 million, okay, not just a little bit. A lot. Okay, $158 million. He was sentenced for 45 years in prison, but then that was later reduced to eight. Okay. First of all, is this just, just a one off? I mean, is this, is this just one instance? We, we know the answer to that is no. It's been happening for years. Okay. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Okay. Um, see, why? Because, well, number one, we're all sinful, a- a- and power and fame corrupt. You know, no one is immune. Matthew 23, verse 27-28 says this, as, as Jesus says, He always saves His most harsh words to the, to the Pharisees, right? He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." Brother Bill Clayton, who also referred to earlier, he used to say, uh, "You know, if you if you think we're hypocrites, all right, then why don't you go ahead and join us? It's okay. It'll be okay. We'll take one more, okay, all right. Because the idea that in some way we can all be hypocritical because we're 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 flawed human beings, Amen." Uh, we're sinful, all right, for we've all fallen, we've all sinned and fall, fallen uh, short of the righteousness of God. Um, in this passage, we see Jesus condemning the Pharisees specifically for being hypocrites. So He he basically asserts that what you see on the outside is not what you're getting on the inside, okay? You're seeing two different people. Well, first of all, I, I think, again, it's important to note that all of us, because I inherit sin, or hypocrites in some way, like I already said. However, most of us, I think, do try our best. And I think the the ones that are here in this church, family, we, we, we try. We're not perfect, but we do try to be genuine and to live out our faith to an unbelieving world. Amen? Or we're trying. Amen? And that's what that's what they want to see. So I, I doubt the song. What if, Alex, go with me here for a second. What if the song started off something like this? Y'all tell me if it would have the same effect. Is well, I see them all around me preaching about the promised land. I'm not going to sing. All right. Uh, they tell me to believe in Jesus and they're making a really good stand. Many say they are genuine. Lord, I think they done good. Would that have been a, be- a, a better opening? I mean, I just don't want to have the same effect because the whole point is, is hopelessness, right? But, but what if? What, what if that weren't a case? What, what, if, what if we were more consistent in our, in our walk With the Lord, Second Chronicles seven fourteen is a cry that a lot of y'all know um, very well. I'm sure probably many of you have this memorized. Um, Says, "If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land." How many are familiar with that verse? Right. It's it's very powerful because I, I think if we if we had a whole other time a whole other uh, sermon a whole another thirty minutes I could preach you know we could look at at that in detail just that one verse and we could look at what is our path to to maybe going back to to this idea of being a place where people can come well we have to do those things we have to humble ourselves first we we have to we have to pray we have to seek God's face and we have to turn from our wickedness right. So it requires things from us uh, before we can move on. See, what if, and, and what, if we, uh, what if we shine our lights? What if we shine our lights? Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, G, uh, Jesus speaking, says, You, you, us, you and I, if you give your life to Christ, hey, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way that your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. What What is Jesus talking about there? In one word, He's talking about us being different. See, salt, what does salt do? Adds flavor, right? It adds flavor. It preserves. Salt's a preservative. So, is that is that what we do? Ask yourself personally. Is that something that I that I do with the people I come into contact with every day? Do I add flavor? Do I um, you know? Do I preserve? Am I am I that type of person? Okay. And then light. Obviously, I mean you know. Or I, before we go to light, unfortunately, I think sometimes we're like vinegar, <laughs> you know, we're bitter, you know, and we argue, we argue about stuff that doesn't matter, you know. We always well, we get on Facebook and we want to do that, but. Yeah, we have to be very careful. Right? Amen or oh me, you know. But and light. Well, that's the obvious one. Just a little bit of light and darkness, and it illuminates everything. So, what if we were actually actually were not one person on Sunday and a different person on Monday? What if we were the same person both days? Amen. What if we showed our consistent walk with Christ in front of people on a more consistent basis? I mean, something's different about them, you know. Uh, they're different. They're, they're you know, like I said, salt, different, tasty and light. because here's the thing: an unbelieving world is watching whether they say they are or not. Uh, I can tell you how many times I can't tell you how many times people will tell me, Pastor, I'm coming, I'm coming, man. Uh, what, what time's your church service? I probably told three people our, our, our church service time this past week. Okay? Uh, you know, and it, uh, that, that's not unusual. Well, I'm coming. all right. Okay, have not seen them yet. Okay? All right? But but they, they'll tell me that, right? And, and that's okay. The thing is, they're still watching. Right? And, and that last part in Matthew 5 or 16, let your light shine before others. Why? So, so Coach Mitchell can look good. So Miss Dana can look good. No, that's not what it says. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in Heaven. All right? To, to God be the glory. Amen? That's not about us. And so it's all for His glory. So, let us move on. The writer of Something Believe Me, and again, gives us four reasons, and the next one we're going to look at is war. war. Uh, and so I asked Sally, who, again, is doing a fantastic job, to go ahead and bring that up. Point number two, war, and the lyrics that go with that part is this, and and this always kind of gets me, okay? 22 um, years of mental tears cries a suicidal Vietnam vet who fought a losing war on a foreign shore to find his country Didn't want him back. Their bullets took his best friends in Saigon. Our loggers took his wife and his kids. No regrets. In a time I don't remember, in a war he can't forget. He cried, forgive me for what I'd done there because I never meant the things I did. How many of y'all know somebody who fought in Vietnam? See, the person, by the way, that Michaels is referring to is somebody he knows. Uh, He's talking about his cousin. Right In the song, he's talking about his cousin, Bob. Bob had been wounded in Vietnam. And the song talks about his struggles mentally, and then what happened, as well as the loss of so many of his cousins, friends in the way, and the loss of his children, and, and his wife. Okay, that was a real thing. Okay, you know we we know about uh, uh, you know we hear about it, but knowing somebody is different, right? Who's actually gone through it? See, it paints a very stark reality of the damage war can have on a person. Because again, on top of it, he lost his wife and kids too. And and while I am with Michaels in the part where he says in a time I don't remember. That's actually before me, Lance. I know y'all should pick on me about being old. That's actually before me. All right, believe it or not. Okay, Uh, because I wasn't alive then. Uh, It definitely seems to be from what I've gathered, you know, although I didn't live back then, from what I've heard, my mom and others, uh, there definitely has seemed to have been a general lack of respect and appreciation for those who fought in that particular war. Would y'all agree with that? Okay, that's kind of a I, I just kind of felt, yeah, my papa was in World War II. You know, it almost seems like, man, if you were in those wars, it was, like, different than if you are in Vietnam. You know, this is how, maybe, maybe I'm not, I don't know, this is what I've gathered over the years. That it was almost like a looking down, oh, I can't believe that, you know, uh, you're in Vietnam. And see, so many came back with PTSD of some kind post-traumatic stress disorder. Approximately 30% of men and 27% of women had PTSD at some point in their life following Vietnam. I would argue that number is probably higher, okay? but still, that's a lot. See, in the case of Vietnam, many of the troops, according to my research, who served there, a large percentage of whom had no choice in the matter since they were drafted, returned home to a nation that was often ungrateful or ambivalent rather than appreciative right but i can imagine now if we take that a little bit further that any war experience would be traumatic right any war experience i mean I, i'm currently reading a book called unbroken anybody familiar with that unbroken okay um i'm reading it and it is messing me up okay it's uh, it's what those people had to do uh in war i mean hearing stories from my papa that was that was incredible but i don't know just reading some of the struggles and you know, how the, the thousands of people who died in training exercises before they even went to war. You know, uh, the, the thousands of people who flew on a plane on some mission in the Pacific and never came back and the plane crashed in the Pacific never to be heard again, right? And so I can just only imagine. All I can say is thank you, right? I, I think of my papa whenever he was still alive and he would break down and cry sometimes. I would go, I would go and, and take notes uh, which I'm still glad I did okay cuz I have I have first accounts first hand accounts of these primary source information right uh, on the war but I can remember guys sometimes I would go to I go to his house and I would get out my, my my paper and my my pen and he would start telling the story and he'd start crying this the strongest man I ever knew strongest man I ever knew and he was crying and he couldn't he said son you're going to have to we're going to have to do this another day okay papa Right, okay, I understand. Okay, I can only imagine what these people saw and heard. You know, I can't imagine that it would make one question. All right, if we could be honest for a second, would make people question. I do think we should honor those who deserve honor, right, uh, and, and who helped fight for our freedom. It makes me think of what, they, what the Israelites did whenever they would set up memorials in the Old Testament, right? Uh, stones, uh, memorial stones after a, a huge victory or uh, an obvious experience where God showed up and showed out, right? Uh, it makes me think of Joshua chapter 4. So if you'll give me a moment, let, let's read what happened in Joshua chapter 4. And, and you all know this is a familiar passage uh, as we'll read it. You'll like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It says, after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, okay? Uh, the Lord, this is after the cross of the Red Sea. Okay, uh, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from his place in the middle of Jordan, where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, go across in the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan, each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of those Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you what do these stones mean to you, you should tell them the water of Jordan was cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. The Israelites did as Joshua had commanded them. The twelve men took stones from the middle of Jordan, one for each of the 12 Israelite tribes. Just as the Lord had told Joshua, they carried them to the camp and set them down there. And then Joshua 4, 21-22, and he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers what is the meaning of these stones, you should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Another reminder. This is what God did. Okay. So there should be some respect, some appreciation. Well and what if we show the more respect for the sacrifices made by those who fought for us? I mean, don't don't let me preach, but what what if what if the hospitals for veterans were in better shape? Oh man, oh don't preach, Brother Murphy. All right. But they should be. They should be the best, if you ask me. All right. And what if we did those things and, instead of judging others? I, I mentioned a while back, several months ago, how I feel like the church has, has not handled depression and mental health very well over the years. I still believe that. I don't think we've handled it very well. How about a little more grace and compassion? I mean, isn't that what a church should be anyway, a place for hurting people, as I alluded to earlier? It's, it's not. Uh, you know, since when did the church become a place where only people who have their stuff together can come? Right? I mean, uh, if that's the case, I guess we would all be dis- disqualified from coming, right? I mean, your pastor couldn't show up. Okay? Right? Uh, I, you know, it, it reminds me. Some of y'all, Have you y'all ever heard the song, Truth Be Told by Matthew West? Anybody? So let me just read just the first, like, couple lines. Okay? He starts off the song, song. He says, line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. Okay? And when they ask you how you're doing, just smile and tell them never better. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Okay? The truth be told. The truth is rarely told. Because okay? we put on a face. Amen? Amen, Romy. And so the writer of Something to Believe in, again, gives us four reasons in that song. And, uh, hypocrisy, war, personal loss, and homelessness. So let's look at the next one, personal loss. My best friend... Died a lonely man in some Palm Springs hotel room. I got the call last Christmas Eve. They told me the news. I tried all night and to break down and cry, as the tears rolled down my face. I felt so cold and empty, like a lost soul out of place. And the mirror, mirror on the wall, sees my see my smile. It fades again. So this was the reason why this song was written in the first place. So, uh, like I mentioned during the introduction today, um, it, it, we he this is his friend uh, who was their bodyguard and one of his best friends who died and he's like man Um, and for whatever reason you know that he died that doesn't matter they're not with us right Um, we have all dealt with loss because life is short James 4.14 reminds us of that yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what your life will be for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while then vanishes and then Jesus himself wept over the death death of his friend Lazarus did he not? The shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. He wept. He knew what he was going to do, right? and he still wept, which was raise Lazarus. He still grieved with those who grieved. He still grieved that loss. It, it was, grief is real for every one of us. Um, I, I got to telling him uh, every year I do a, um, Lance, I don't know if you remember, but every year I try to do an end-of-year pep talk. It's my last time, and Alex, I'll need to remember. You know, I have your ear for the last 50 minutes. So, I, so, this, so these are the things I want to share with you. Okay, and, and so sorry, we're not going to just be on our phones today, all right? But I want to tell you some stuff that I hope helps you, right? And, and it got me for whatever reason. Um, we we talked about how life is hard sometimes, you know. And I can remember my tenth grade year, and uh, Dana would be in that same class with me. I don't know if you even know this, Dana, but I made the basketball team in my ninth grade year. And I walked there. They used to post post the uh, teams in the business building. You had to walk clear like a mile to get over there. All right? And I go over there with two of my friends. Okay? We walk together. And I'm doing like the crip walk. You know, I'm the confident coach. I'm like, I know I made it. So I'm like, you know. And and I walk there. And and, and we all three look at the list. And I have to look at at the list twice because my name ain't on it. Okay? All right? And and their names work. It's kind of awkward. Now, side note: that's another reason why that that's one of the main reasons why I didn't do that in my years of coaching. I, I told him personally, but because um, it hurt. And then, not short, not long after that, um, Granddaddy D's, all right, my mom's dad, passed away, had a heart attack. For those who don't know, uh, y'all, where, where um, Pilot is on the next exit, okay, right across the road, there's like a uh, broke down building there, all right. It's just a broken down building? With probably some graffiti on it. Well, that was old Gulf Gas Station whenever I was growing up. My granddaddy owned that building, all right? And I used to uh, pump gas and, uh, you know, and wash windshields for a little bit of money, okay? And I would uh, dip ice cream, Miss Jan, all right? And it was good because I'd, I'd help myself to more than I did, okay? Um, but, you know, he, he died. Apparently had a heart attack right there, okay? Um, and that was obviously very, very tough. He's gone way too soon, way too soon. Uh, I lost my grandfather, uh, my other grandfather, Papa, uh, a few years after that. I mean, he would play baseball with us without a glove, and he walked around shoeless all the time. If you got behind him, he was going to drive 25, 30 miles an hour, whether you liked it or not. The reason why is he said, I drove fast enough during the war. He, he, was, a, he, he was part of a mechanized cavalry, okay? so it was almost like a Jeep, and he drove. He was a driver. He said, I drove like crazy for years in the war. I'm not going to have to. I don't, there's nowhere I have to go where I have to go that fast, Miss Jan. So that's what he would say. But that was hard. And, y'all, and I know right now you, you think of other people, you think of probably your grandparents or loved ones that you lost. And, and, and I've grieved uh, in my 27 years of teaching, I've grieved over the loss of many a young person, right? right? Everybody here knows what I'm talking about. You know, I, um, I've talked about Joseph Cooks you know, uh, before many times. You know, a freshman in college who, who was born with a large heart, you know. Went to bed, didn't wake up. Same thing happened to a guy named Chris Smith, one of the best football players i ever seen, coach, in Bradford County. Okay? Went to bed, didn't wake up. Right? Adam Hughes, a baseball player in Madison County who loved everybody. Okay? Who died of a car accident a couple weeks before graduation. When, when your principal speaks at your graduation, you know you're a special person. Right? And many others, I think of Caden Alfaro who died in a, uh, you know, in a fire in eighth grade, and uh, Tyler Warfel, and Caitlin Mitchell, and many, many others that some of y'all know. How do we deal with this? I don't mean to, uh, to belabor that, and uh, I'm getting kind of close to my time. alright uh, Y'all might want to give me a break this time, okay? Um, but how do we deal with this? Can we relate to Michael saying that he felt so cold and empty? Anybody relate to that? It's a cry. might not be a Christian song, but there's truth in it. Right? Here's an encouragement from the Word of God that I want to share with you today because it might be something that's hitting two really, really close this morning. I want you to be encouraged today as we read a couple of passages. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. He's near the brokenhearted. Man, if there's not a more tender passage in the Word of God, I don't know. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Okay? I still have God in Matthew five four. Okay, the Beatitudes: Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Amen. They will be comforted. Not they might, they will. And what can they? What can we do as a body of Christ? Right. I, I kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, uh, but let me read it from Romans twelve: Rejoice with those who rejoice; weep with those who weep. Okay? Um, I, I heard. I don't know why I'm saying this, but uh, a lot of times people want to say, want to know, like, what do I do? You know, what do I do when I go to a funeral? When I go to a view, and what do I do? Like, too many times, I think even pastors are well-meaning, but they say stuff when they need to keep their mouth shut. Okay, sometimes the best thing to do is just keep your mouth shut and hold a hand, keep your mouth shut and give them a hug. Right? We don't have the answers. We don't know why. And then we point them to Jesus. Amen. We point them to Jesus, we want them to go to Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28-30 is a plea right, from Jesus. Come to me, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen? Revelation 21, verse 4 promises us this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Amen? Something to look forward to. So as we close out today, we we'll want to look at this idea of homelessness. And that's maybe we can put that with other things, with other topics. But because Michael's specifically addressed homelessness, we'll just go with that today. Okay? And so here's the words that Sally has up on the screen for you. I drive by the homeless sleeping on a cold, dark street like bodies in an open grave underneath the broken old neon sign that used to read Jesus saves. A mile away live the rich folk, and I see how they're living it up. And while the poor they eat from hand to mouth, the rich are drinking from the golden cup. And it just makes me wonder why so many lose and so few win. See, this is a view that Michael's has towards society in general here and something he just can't understand. And I get it. It breaks my heart too. Uh, The broken old neon sign, by the way, uh, that used to read Jesus Saves, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real place. It's above a homeless shelter in a place called Whittier, California. Okay. Pretty crazy. He's talking about a real thing. And apparently at the end of the block where, that, where those homeless are uh, is a church that didn't help much apparently. Although they're right there. Okay. Uh, and from the front door of the homeless shelter you can see multi-million dollar homes. What he's, he's singing of a real thing there. Okay. See, what Michael's doesn't realize, however, is that we live in a broken world. Okay. I think if I had to answer some of his questions, that would be my answer. That I don't really have all your answers, but I can tell you this, it's a broken world. Okay. We're all broken. See, when Adam sinned at the beginning of creation, sin has been in our world ever since. All we got to do is look around. And by the way... Got to say this because, man, there's a lot of scammers these days. We know that. Okay. But not everyone is that way. Okay. Not, there are some who are legit, legitimately homeless uh, because of something else. Okay. Something bad happened in their lives. Um, anybody familiar with another song? Speaking of songs today, since I can go to 12, I'm just playing. I had to go to that joke again. Lance hasn't heard it, so I had to throw it out there for him. But anybody familiar with Don't Laugh at Me? All right. It's a country song. Okay. Miss Jan, yes. the second verse, he says, I'm the cripple on the corner. He said, you passed me on the street. He said, I wouldn't be here begging if I had enough to eat. And don't think I don't notice that our eyes never meet. He says, I lost my wife a little boy when someone crossed that yellow line driving. The day we laid them in the ground is the day I lost my mind. Right now, I'm down to holding this little cardboard sign. There are there are cases like that, amen. And so, again, may we be careful, And and, and what about poor people? I mean, what do we do? You know, since Old Testament times, okay, there've been poor people, okay. And God provided for him. Looking at Exodus chapter 23. He says, uh, This command was to sow your land for six years and gather its produce, but during the seventh year you are to let it rest and leave it uncultivated, so that the poor among your people may eat from it, and the wild animals may consume what they leave. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. You know, even back then. It was there was. And then they were mentioned in Solomon's writing, Proverbs chapter 29 verse 7, The righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. Also in Proverbs 21, the one who shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will himself also call out and not be answered. See, and Jesus even says in Matthew 25, verse 40, and the king will answer him, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Sally read it earlier today, that passage. See, look, we can we can help in some way. And, and yes, I would say pray for sure. All right? But sometimes God wants you to give money or time. Right? Sometimes. So, pray and ask God for guidance when it comes to that. And so the writer of something to believe in gives four reasons for lack of faith in God. Okay. And I asked uh, Alex and Sally come up because I'm time to close. Like, yeah, it's been time to close, Brother Murphy. Brother Patrick. Alright. The thing is, uh, I hope it was okay. Right. Um I'm A little bit nervous about this one. The, the thing is, we can continue having these questions or we can realize that this world is broken. But God. I sure am very, very um, uh, thankful for conjunctions in the, in the Bible, right? For but God. See, but God provided a way for us to have communion with Him by sending His Son Jesus to die in our place. For while we were sinners, right? Christ sent us, God sent His Son to die for us. Amen? And guess what? That is something to believe in. If you believe in that, right, you'll have eternal life. So do you believe it today? If you haven't, I pray that you'll make that decision and you'll come see us as Sally leads us in the song.